Welcome to the Idea Land podcast, hosted by Ravi Kamati Reddy. Myla Morales is a world-renowned makeup artist who has made a name for herself in the industry on the sets of music videos, concert tours, movie sets, red carpets, and more. Dubbed the Glaminator, Myla has an unmistakable touch to her work that has made her a beauty go-to by the likes of Rihanna, Jennifer Lopez, Shakira, and countless others. I, I am so glad I caught you. I caught you. Where are you? I'm good. I'm just at my local, like, you know, bar. Um, they let they allowed me to come in here and, like, you know, do this Zoom interview inside, which is great. Let's just jump right in, actually. I just think I really want to delve into your story because it, it, like, when I zoom out and look at what you've done, it's almost like you're the uh, you're the poster child for like the American dream, right? You've made it. Oh my God! Thank you. Yeah, actually, you can say that. Yes. Some level, you've made it. Definitely. So it's a success story, absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a success story, and uh, I just want to hear the the peaks and the valleys of that story. So, I decided, you know, back in the day, um, to move to New York City because I was like, you know, I I need to find like better photographers, better stylists to create a portfolio. Because when we started out in the industry back then, there was no Instagram. It was just strictly portfolio. Um, so you would have to find the best hair, makeup, wardrobe, photographers. So that's what I did. I was like, you know what? LA isn't for me because, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't find great people here. So I was like, you know what? The fashion is in New York. So I moved to New York and met with some of the like the best photographers, wardrobe stylists, hair people. And my first job was actually working with Puff Daddy. But how did you even get to this point? It just feels like this, there's such a high barrier of entry for people trying to enter this world, like everyone wants to do it. How did you maneuver yourself correctly to even get those opportunities? Well, when I first started in LA as assisting, you know, makeup artists, I was already in the music industry because this is where, this is the field that I wanted to go into. Because, you know, hair, you know, hair and makeup people, they choose their path. You guys that do film, TV, you can do all these different things. I chose music because I grew up with like MTV, I grew up with videos. And so I would study like photographers and the different lighting and the directors with different lighting. And, you know, I was really, really, I would study every aspect. It's like a science, you know, you'd study every aspect of the business, you know, not just from me being a makeup artist but I would study like everyone and then I wanted to kind of build my brand in that direction and that's exactly what I did so I was doing a lot of music videos then I would meet like directors and then I would I would say oh you know what I really love like um Diane Martel's work she's an amazing video director I really love Anthony Mandler's work as a photographer and so I made sure that when I was getting jobs with these certain people, I was like, I want to continue to do these jobs. So then, you know, being in music, you meet, you know, when we came, when we moved, when I moved to New York, it was like, we were all friends, like as clubhouses, 
you know, we would meet people at the club, literally. And then we'd meet people, you know, through mutual friends. And, you know, we picked up the phone and we're like, yo, let's meet at Lotus on Sunday. Then you'd meet like publicists. Then you'd meet yeah. like all kinds of different people through just sitting down like we are here on Zoom, but we'd meet people in the club. So the whole New York scene was like this whole like, you know, dope crew where I met, you know, Mariel Hayne, I met Ursula, I met, you know, tons of like really talented people through just being in the scene. And we all used to call each other on a phone. We'd call each other and be like, you know what? Let's meet up here, let's be friends, let's do photo shoots together. Um, it was a different way people worked in the industry as opposed to now. You know, so. so it seems like such a small crew, which seems weird because, I mean, there's so many productions out there, right? But, like, it was so intimate that everyone knew each other. So That's pretty. Intimate, yeah. And you still keep in touch with all those people that you met back then? We're all good friends. I mean, like, we keep in touch with each other. We look after one another, you know, like, oh, hey, how are you? Let's let's stay in touch. Um, obviously, we go our own separate ways, but, like, we literally have, like, when you have your crew you kind of keep that you know small group because you know through the years we like we rise and we, we, we yeah. grow our client base and then we eventually like do our own thing but we still miss those days of like really just being like super creative you know like there was never one without the other you know, even the artist, you know, there was the photographer, there was the stylist, there was the hair, there was the makeup. It was like a science. It literally was a science, how we, how we came up in the industry. And we built this, this phenomenal, like, pop world of pop music, you know, through fashion, makeup, hair, styling albums remember albums people don't have that anymore you know like it's 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 sad but it's so true so, so back so this like thing that we're all used to now like when we look at like a, a a pop star or something now like you see the whole you get the whole package right you get the visual you get the music you get the distribution mm -hmm. what you're saying is like that mm -hmm. that was new back then like that whole idea of combining you know did their presence their brand was was something that you guys were helping it wasn't well, we, we the, the label would hire us because they knew that we knew how to like take from first album to second album to third album. We knew exactly what we were going to do. It was a science. It was like, like first album relatable, second album that's the you know goes on, and we we lived through the music. So we had TRL. Remember TRL? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I do. That's right. You know, you know, like we had TRL, so we would go to TRL every week to, you know, kind of bring in the new, the new music and the new image and whatever, whatever the, like, let, let's hypothetically speaking, like it was like umbrella. We were like, okay, this is the new single. 
this is the visual this is how we're going to go about it going forward like it was like a whole team that was there that worked together as a as a, it was a team like there was no buy in team you know we were all and it and and we came from a place where like it would we would talk to each other we're like okay so what do you think about this hair what do you think about this makeup what do you think about this wardrobe guys team it would be like team team you know so that's why we've created like brands through just music and pop stars can you walk me through the process of like something like a, a brand? I mean, I'm sure you're proud of all the brands that you helped create, but like, can you walk me through that process? It, it's, 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 a, it's a business. It's a business at the end of the day. So when a, a, a new pop star is being, you know, presented to the table, they're like, okay, so we have hair, makeup, and stylist. Then the first single is, or the, the album packaging, it goes album packaging then it's like the first video for the first single. Then everyone gets together and creates this whole like, hi, um, they create, you know, like, okay, so name a single. Uh, like, you know, I'm thinking like back then. Name a record. Like name TLC, record. like name TLC's first album, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. What happens is that everyone, there's executives at the label, there's A&Rs at the label. So they're like, okay, we want this team, right? So they're gonna, hypothetically speaking, they're like, okay, we want Myla Morales for makeup. We want Ursula Steven for hair. We want um, so-and-so for wardrobe. So we get, the whole team comes together and we create the vision going forward. You know, we're like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. This is the vision. And what's dope about, like, you know, where we come from is that we really collaborate. It's like, it's like being in, um, in surgery, right? You have your yeah. team there with you. You have your nurses. You have your, you know, uh, doctors, their assistants. Everyone is there. Everyone's there to lend, you know, their, 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 their input and their vision. You know, I mean, obviously it's two different things. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're talking apples and oranges, but it's the same science where we all come together as a team to create this vision so that you can watch it on the screen. Right. It's branding, and, marketing. Yeah. And how do you... Um, come up with the actual, like the actual process of the makeup. When I see, I use the word makeup, and I feel like I'm, I'm not giving it enough justice, right? Because it's like this whole look. Like, where did you? How long did well, it take you to learn that? Like that whole, the art of that, right? The art of makeup, really. You know, I learn through experience, and it's like working with different photographers, different, you know, um, different. Uh, directors and you know the, the, the like let me give you a for instance like I when remember when you were asking me for that aha moment remember that or yeah did you ask me for that aha moment yeah so when I first went into a meeting with Luke Besson 
who did the fifth element and then right Brilliant. he did valerian right right so it was like one of those aha moments where i was like oh my god i'm actually meeting with Luke Besson in his yeah office. what was that like is that guy just crazy like crazy genius no he's a crazy it was amazing because he was like uh you know I, there's this character she's called bubble and i have <laughs> I have 20, like 13 looks for her and she's going to come and she's going to be this, you know, and I was like, wow, I'm like, literally sitting here with Luke Besson and he like, he created like all the different looks for Bubble that I would have to recreate for the actual movie. So I like... I was like, wow, this is like my aha moment. I'm in, I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a meeting with Luke Sound and he's like, this is, this is bubble, and these are the looks you're going to be. At. And I, I think I, I, I ran out there crying, like I can't believe I just fucking did that. And then like, the movie came out. I mean, it was like 18 days in Paris, and being a mom, had to leave miles. 18 days in Paris, um, creating this movie, and then finally seeing it on the big screen, you're like, wow, this is like, fuck. Like, I actually did a movie with Luc Besson, you know, and created all these amazing looks with the team. And it's just, it's just like one of those moments as a makeup artist, like, where you're like, fuck, like, yo, I've done some good shit in my life, you know? And then looking back at a lot of, the, like the books seeing the books that you know that i've like her book like one of my clients her her i'm like wow i've actually done some shit in my life you know and looking back at all the red carpets and the videos and the moments that i like i've been a i've been a part of pop culture like a, a huge part of pop culture. Where Isn't little girls weird? are like... Yeah, copying your little, style. Yeah, when, no, when little girls are like, you know that I used to, I had this actress who hired me once and um, she was talking really fast and I was like, why is she talking so fast? And I didn't realize that she was, she's been a fan of mine for like her whole entire like childhood, right? She's like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I just have to, I have to be honest with you. And I'm like, what's going on right now? She's like, <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? She's like, um, I, I, I just want to tell you that, you know, like I was, I would like go into InStyle and read all your, you know, articles and I would read all your, and I would like save my money and like go to, you know, buy that Giorgio Armani foundation that I talked about for all those years, you know? So it's, yeah. Those are moments that, like, like later in life that I can fucking really appreciate because I'm like, wow, I really, you know, the reason why I came into this industry was because I wanted to inspire young girls to be a better version of themselves. And how do you how do you you see makeup and you know this artistic craft? doing that like what role do you think that plays and where do you think that you know what's like the healthy part of that and where does that start getting like uh they're going overboard or is there, is there an unhealthy side of that too yeah i mean like right now like what's happening with 
the industries that, you know, they're, they're, they're blastering their face with makeup. And I kind of took, you know, when I started in the industry, I, what, what I wanted to take from this was um, I wanted to create and, you know, be the face, not myself, but for my artists. I wanted them to, I wanted young girls to look at themselves and just be the better version of themselves through fashion, through makeup and, you know, allowing them to like have fun with makeup. You know, it's all about having fun with it and really just, it's a creative process for you. So when you wear that blue eyeliner, like I remember like um, when I did um, Kids Choice Awards, when I like did this like, like teal blue eyeliner because it was just an accident you know sometimes we we only have five minutes to do a makeup we only have like 30 minutes to do a makeup and that's not how much time it takes it takes a lot more time like where my god i've been on the 7-7 tour and we would land in a city it was seven cities seven um seven cities seven shows um in different parts of the world and we we would literally land and sometimes we were late because obviously the plane whatever for whatever reason like we would have to get there and we only had five seconds to actually do the entire look so we would have i would have to think fast like imagine like Okay, an early morning show, something goes wrong with the wardrobe or like, and it's live TV. We don't have, we, it's like, it's like in surgery. You know, you're in surgery, you have like five seconds to think of something really fast. Or like one year during um, the Met Gala, I had to fix or I had to redo a makeup because it was the wrong makeup for the wrong outfit because the other person wanted to wear that outfit. So my client couldn't really like, she couldn't, these are things that like, these are all so thought out processes. Yeah. People don't realize these are all thought out in 2.2 seconds. You have five seconds to think of this process. And if you don't, if you can't think fast, your work is going to be in front of 12 million people. Imagine. So That's how a do lot you of pressure? I was just going to say, I just, how do you handle? So <laughs> rising up through all these different projects and people, I'm just imagining like creative differences. How much does that happen? A Subject lot of creative the, differences. How do you handle that? So like, can you talk us through like some of, some of those that have happened where like the person or the actor or the actress or the subject just doesn't, it's not, it's like, Hey, I'm not feeling this. Like, why are we doing it this way? And what do you do in that situation? Well, you have to be in control and you have to say, look, like, let's say they want to do a certain look with like, like I said, like early morning TV, if they want to do a look, you're like, this is early morning TV. We can't do this right now. I mean, yeah. I've literally, I've literally, um, you know, I remember, first two albums of one of my clients you know I would get cursed out for like you know they wanted her to look super clean super this super that and you know there were times when we didn't want to do that so 
I would like hair, makeup, and styling, we would do something a little bit different, and I would get cursed out by the labels. Really? Really. So like the boss yeah. would say, what the fuck? Like, I remember one manager was like, Myla, just listen and take the call. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. It's like employee, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not the boss. So I would sit there and listen to somebody curse me out for like a fucking hour and i'd be like okay no problem let's make it it's just like any job you have and you know like as an employee what are you gonna do if if, if the boss is gonna curse you out what are you gonna do as an asian imagine imagine as an asian we are raised from a different loincloth you know we are raised from a different cloth where we're like okay no problem we'll get the job done and that's it done correct are you i think to some extent i'm always been the rebellious one i think probably i i, I see that streak in you too i but oh god i'm the, the worst you're I'm the, the worst rebellious one yeah so do you think that's evolved over the years how long did it take you to feel confident having your own voice and saying putting you being able to put your foot down and say no this is how it needs to look trust me you've hired me this is like why you're hiring me you know that, that kind of artist oh. voice right that confidence i mean the work speaks for itself so i mean like when i come into shoots now i'm like okay well this is what is gonna happen and blah 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 blah. because right now in the world of hair makeup and wardrobe there's a huge disconnect because nobody ever talks anymore nobody talks nobody talks everyone's on text messages we don't have like you know meetings anymore where we can sit down prior to the shoot like we used to. And I don't want to say used to because it should still be like that. It should be like, we are going to go into this shoot and we should collaborate as a team to have this vision going forward because these are the images that are going to last for the rest of their lives. Right. And also for their brands. And I just want that, I want that shit to come back. And I'm, I'm glad we're having this, you know, discussion because we really need to have those, you know, things come back in the world. You know, it, it, it's this weird thing with, um, I don't want to say just Hollywood, but I just want to say, you know, artists in general and creatives. It's like there's so much behind the scenes stuff that people just don't see or realize is necessary mm-hmm. to make that end product. So... Do you feel like your field in general or you personally, like as you mentioned, the person who hired you was totally fangirling, fangirling out on you, right? She's like, oh my God, I've been watching you. Is that happening more and more? Well, yeah, because I just started um, putting my work on Instagram because I didn't know that people are just lazy and they don't want to look for your, you know, you know, I'm Myla Morales. Like, I didn't know that. They weren't, they didn't know who I was as a, you know, a very influential pop culture um, beauty person. People don't know this because people in the, in, in the industry know, but right. not the world knows, you know? So 
that's why I've been posting a lot of my work on IG because I feel like they have a short attention span. Yeah. And this is what I'm like, this is my experiment right now. This is my experiment. I'm experimenting with my IG, literally. I'm like, well, let me post some of my work. Let's see what they yeah. say. And with my followers, I'm like, do you really follow me? Or do you really know who I am? Or like, I go into shoots and they're like, well, who have you worked with? And I'm like, really? You know, when I go into a job, I know exactly who I'm working with. This doesn't happen in this day and age. Yeah. It's really interesting how different the world has changed in five years, in six years, in seven years. The world yeah. has changed in my eyes because I'm actually the industry professional who was the influencer of a lot of these influencers. Yeah. So what, you know, I know that you've worked with Rihanna a lot and others too, but I'm, I'm singling that out for a reason because it's like that look is something, is that, I'm trying to figure out like, what is the Mila Morales look? Like what separates you from the rest of your peers in that group that you talked about, right? Like what do you do just so particularly uniquely that it's like that's Mila's work? I mean, everyone knows when I'm working with somebody new. So it's like, they're like, Oh, that may, my um, friend who's a hairstylist, uh, yeah. when I first worked with Nicki Minaj, she was like, who's, she, we were at a um, some event and, uh, and I thank Diane Martell for actually, you know, bringing Nicki and I together. Um, she was like, you know, can you have Myla redo your look so that, you know, you know, because Diane, see, Di I was always a fan of Diane Martel's work, always. Like, that's what makes it so cool is that when Diane Martel was like, okay, I want you to revamp Nikki for pills and potions. It was four o'clock in the morning. I was waiting because, you know, her makeup artist prior to that was there. And uh, she was... Diane was like, can you let Milo, you know, recreate your look? And she allowed me to do that. And it was like, wow. It was like, when it happened, I knew that Nikki and I were going to like, basically like spend the next year together recreating, you know, her, 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 her stuff. And, you know, and at the end of the day, people do hire me for a reason because they're like, you know what? Let's get that. I'm always all about skin. So skin is every, every, everything. And, uh, you know, she can be skin, she can be edgy, she can be all these things and fashion all in one person. So, it's, you know, having that, I always branded myself since the beginning of my career. So now that I know that I can, you know, all about branding marketing you know creating like just the most amazing images is like something that i'm very grateful for because i'm just not here to put slaps and makeup on your face i'm literally helping you brand your 
product, which yeah. is the artist, you know? So it's kind of, yeah, that's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, it's amazing. I looked at yeah. your Instagram and it's just like, everyone looks gorgeous. And can you just take at this point, can you just take anybody and go, yeah, I have a direction for how you can look better and yeah. we can have fun with this. Yeah. Right. I do. I do. And I, I take the person or the artist or the actress or whoever it is. And, you know, I kind of like know how to creatively direct that going forward. So it's kind of like, kind of like, you know, I know to, and, and, and as of recent, like I, I just started to um, do photo shoots just because I wanted to like start getting my creative juices flowing. So I started yeah. doing shoots with a lot of my friends, clients that I've had over the years. And I like kind of like, you know, revamp their image. And that's what I've been doing as of like the past six months because, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, we're like, what the fuck are we going to do? You know? <laughs> well, do you just... Fuck. Yeah, it's crazy. It must be it's, hitting you guys, obviously, really hard. No, it's crazy. It's hitting us hard. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's... It's taxing because, you know, like I want to, I want to be the most, the best version of myself and being that is like, you know, having, being able to like go out into the, the workforce um, and there's no escapism in this little realm that we're in right now in the past uh, fucking year, there's yeah. no escapism as a creative, um, as a businesswoman, um, I've, I've like literally like, it's been really tough and, uh, you know, mental health, we need to really talk about that. And, you know, apart from where we creatively, like as, as human beings, like, I don't even, I, I can't even talk about like career anymore. Like, it's like, yeah, this has been such an amazing journey, but now we really have to hone in on mental health and this is really important for us as people and as human beings we really need to hone in on that yeah this has been a really big talk of the town in digital health you know it's the kind of circles i live in it's how to bring mental health mm -hmm. to people and how to do it mm -hmm. without having to come to the clinic because yeah we're at peak anxiety right we're like at peak obesity and peak anxiety right now it's like the way we work what does that mean people are getting worse right like there's never been as yeah. many people that are suffering from diseases that are mostly preventable and i'm not so sure all mental health is preventable but i'm really sure that it's treatable it's detectable oh, no, and treatable. No, no. i think mental health is like it's all psychosomatic so i think right now we need to like educate people on how to take care of themselves internally whether it's black seed oil or um you know, this is why I, I, I have fucking fights with motherfuckers on, you know, um, Clubhouse. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, they'll sit here and talk about, like, all this, like, you know, internal medicine, and they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, it pisses me the fuck off because I'm like, you don't even know how to address these issues through just our just our um diets just our like you know what we're putting into our bodies through you know like the vaccine i mean there's just so many 
there are just so many like issues that we need to really discuss as a people. And I feel like we don't talk about it intellectually enough and that really pisses me the fuck off. Yeah, There's I all think- these people on Clubhouse that are like moderators and then, then, and then, and then they're talking about nonsense. And they're not even giving like factual information. It's like it really pisses me off, and I like go off on these motherfuckers. Yeah, it's frustrating. You know, it's like us, the medical system, which you know I'm part of. We don't do a great job. We're starting to change now, and I'm 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 hoping to lead some of that change. But of, we don't do a great job of keeping people well, right? We get paid no. mostly to deal with sick people you've heard people talk about sick care versus health care but i and i really want to get your opinions i want to deep dive into that but i want to uh-huh. go in that route by by figuring out how you got there and that means like i think i can probably imagine going on these trips with a-list stars and clients and this whole team of creatives is probably insanely fun right there are probably some incredibly awesome fun behind the scenes stuff going on there's it's it's great energy when you're when people are performing in there and you know that you're working with that team um what are some of the upsides there and how fun is that but like what are some of the downsides and uh, and i would say included in that are like how did you handle the pressure because it seems like you said like when millions of people are looking at your work and you have five seconds to figure out figure it out does that just get to you after a while like how you know how did you sustain that level of of quality honestly um there was no sustaining and i had to like i literally could not do it anymore i was like you know what yeah of course absolutely because you know when you have that that much pressure to deal with like two seconds of anything it was an unhealthy lifestyle i was eating crap on the road I was not working out and I'm very spiritual and very like, you know, I, I work out a lot. Um, and it was really difficult for me to sustain a healthy lifestyle and to also be a mother, you know? So when were you going to go to the gym when you're like jet lag? Where were you going to eat at the airport? How were you going to eat healthy? How are you going to, did you even remember to eat breakfast? Right. You're in two, you're in gazillion different time zones. You're on private jets with, you know, you're eating fried chicken um, because you're hungry. Eating sustenance. And uh, it was really difficult. It was like the hardest, you know, thing to, and, and as you know, being like, a doctor or having a really busy schedule, you can't do any of those things properly um, and be healthy at the same time. You compromise, you sacrifice your health, your self-worth, you compromise so many different things. It's, It's like, you know, like I said, like, I've been learning about self-care since I was 14. And uh, I didn't know that I was going to get into this industry where I would not experience self-care. And I even took a break for three years and just really hone in on taking care of myself. Training, I was boxing every day. Um, Then, 
you know, during the pandemic, I decided that I was just going to like juice, eat better. And I would like, as I did with my career, I decided that, you know, taking care of myself is more important, you know? Um, and so I like literally was like training six to seven days a week boxing and then eating better and taking care of myself. So that's what I've been doing over the past three years. What was the breaking point? Was there like a point where you're just like, this is, this is it. I got to take a break. Like did something happen or it was just like the cumulative load of years of living that life? Well, a client of mine decided that she was going to drop me off at the door and say, Oh, well, sorry. Um, I can't move forward with you with this thing. And so I was literally dropped off at the front door and you fend for yourself. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How'd that make you feel? Um, dove into a deep depression for like an entire year. Um, and then, then I discovered, I was like, oh shit, I love boxing. Um, started boxing every day. And that was like my like, you know my um it was my like escapism i started boxing i started like taking care of myself and i was like oh it's time for my life to get my life and that was three years ago and here we are to this day i mean like as a fucking clubhouse i've been like out of the loop <laughs> i don't I don't know how good Clubhouse is, dude. I'll tell you. It's I mean, not good. No, there's so many good. good. There's yeah. I mean, there's so many good parts to it. Obviously, like the signal to noise ratio right now is high. Like, there's a lot of interesting people, like you know, like you and other people I've met on there from all these different creative fields. But at the same time, like you get goaded into the into the the typical social network traps, the FOMO, the addiction, the validation, and stuff. And uh, I think a lot of people just aren't used to it. And they definitely don't have the experience that you have through that validation trap that you must have been able to navigate well over the years, right? Right. I don't need a validation trap. I don't need that. I don't need that, Bobby. Yeah. It's bad. I, it's 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 not healthy, right? But it's oh, like crazy. this is the thing that's so interesting. And I've I've talked to other people who've been in like more creative fields. Like my friend uh, who's on the uh, who's been on the podcast before, Dooney, he's a voice actor. I'll ask you the same question I asked him, which was, how do you deal with rejection? Because I feel like doctors and engineers and lawyers, we have some rejection in our lives, but I think we are not as well equipped to deal with it as people in, in creative fields like yours, because we just don't come across it that much. How do you pick yourself up off the floor and go, okay, it's okay? You just, you just pick yourself up, like, like literally, like I've, 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 I've had to do it like where Winston, my, um, my housekeeper, he would come to my house, clean my house. I would get out of the bed, roll out of the bed and get back in the bed. I've dealt with like, you know, a lot of, yeah, no, literally, it, it, it was really hard. Like, and I feel like, you know, people don't know, people don't know how depressed I was when this all went down. You know what I mean? Like, it was really a hard pill to swallow. Like, of course, I was really depressed, and I had to hide out for two years and just put a smile on my face. You know, when I was out in public or whatever, but I was. And then I have 
I'm, I'm raising a 17 year old and I think it was fucking hard as fuck. Like, you know, not even, you can't even, you can't even talk to your family, your friends. Um, I'm telling you, it was like really, really hard. And I just kept to myself for like, I've, I've actually kept to myself for the past 10 years. I have, I, I have like very few friends around me. You know, being at the top of the game is like, it's a very lonely place to be, you know? So I just want to make sure that everyone knows that they're not alone in this, in this journey, you know? Especially right now. Like. Well, that raises the question of, you know, what do you see and what do you tell people who are so excited, who are younger than you, who want to break in to this entire industry? And do you just look at them and go, my gosh, I know exactly what you're going to go through and, the, and here's the traps to avoid. I mean, would you even recommend like your, your kids to go through this or to be in this field right now? It's a different, it's a different era for the kids though it's a different era like it's it's all about social media um what i've observed is that you know a lot of these kids they're like looking into likes and looking into this and looking into that they're not really they're not really honing in on the the prize you know and it's a really sad place to be for the kids i feel and what do you, what do you tell you them yeah i, th I mean I don't think the human brain. I don't was... know. I don't, I, I don't know what to tell them because I don't know how to. Go, I don't know how to operate from their mindset. I don't know how to. I don't know how they're operating. I yeah. Don't. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I I think the human brain is struggling to try to adapt to this situation where you have this dopamine hits from likes, right? I think this has been well documented. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's definitely part of it. Oh, I mean, God. because, you know, like growing up, you know, we evolved probably in these small tribes and communities, right? And those, and that's where we, we live and we have our place and we know everybody. And even it's like you, everyone assumes a persona in that tribe. You're the smart one, you're the dumb one, you're the clumsy one. It's like your circle of friends, everyone's got a personality and you're like, oh, that's Ravi. He's always going to do this and ha ha, we'll take a laugh at him. And it's all in good fun, but you know where everyone's position is and what you expect mm -hmm. them to do, they'll probably do. That predictability affords some level, I think, of comfort and safety. But, you know, when you have Facebook friends, and we use the word friends, but really they're not all your friends. And there's like 4,000 no. of them. I'm not so sure we know very well how to deal with those acquaintances versus friends versus, you know, how we, we those people we don't interact with. Um, who leave comments on our thing and say happy birthday. Like, I don't know. Do, do the 10,000 people on LinkedIn who say happy birthday, is that like an AI message that they just clicked on to be nice? Or do they actually mean happy birthday, right? Like it's, I'm suspect. No, they don't that. mean it. No, they and, don't mean it. Right. So it's, you're suspect of those kind of things. And never before in history, we just had access to 10,000 people like that. That's been like a new mm -hmm. thing, right? Mm -hmm. Except for mm -hmm. the people, you've probably seen it in your industry because you probably see the meltdowns from, from the stars, right? The celebrity of it and what that does to people. You know, I think that a lot of these people, they don't even pay attention to that. Really? What do you mean? I mean, 
they're all they're in their own little bubbles. So that those those situations aren't really that you know you're gonna gain your like one million followers or whatever, but they're already at the ten tens and millions of followers. So they're not looking at it like that, like the average person. Or I could be wrong. Maybe in their brains they are. Do you think it's know. possible to get to go through that celebrity and become out healthy? I mean, is there such a thing as a normal path for people in your field? Um, if, you, if you know how to um, maneuver around it, yes, absolutely. Because I've, I've learned how to maneuver around it. And for me, it's not about like the Brazilian followers. I don't care. I'm not about that. It's about the personal relationships that you build with people along the way. Like you and I are building a relationship, right? As friends. So I, I, I would like to like talk to you on a day to day and say, Hey, Debbie, how are you doing today? How's your day going? I don't care about, you know, cause I feel like people now, they just want followers upon followers upon followers. Yeah. You know, this isn't about that. And, 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 for me, it's about human connection, and I don't, I don't think that people know what that even means anymore. You've been talking about, you were talking about photo shoots. Have you thought about bringing back you leading those teams again? Bringing back that well, team I, collaboration? Yeah, I've tell me about it. it. Yeah, um, I, I decided that, like, I was like, you know what? I actually love to shoot with people so i've been like you know kind of you know bringing back like teams of people together just to create again you know like we've been we've been doing this for the past you know few months and i've built a tribe that i've been working with um do i know that they're on that same level as i but they're like oh yeah she's a legend i didn't even know this by the way how does it make you feel just being part of that creative energy again? It makes me love the creative energy. And that's why I was like, I just really want to be part of the creative energy again, because it makes me really happy being there. That's cool. I think everyone's craving for that right now anyway. At baseline, people yeah. are craving for that, but especially during COVID, like how do people get involved with that? Like how do people get a hold of you, or get involved with being part of that the momentum you're building there. They just, you know, at this point, you know what I've noticed is everyone's DMing everyone and like just DM me. And if you want to get involved in that creative process, then just, you know, hit me up on Instagram and we will continue to be part of the creative process. Milo, what do you, what do you want to make sure people know about you that they either get wrong or that they don't know because some, some because of the way you work sometimes behind the scenes behind the camera lens what do you want to make sure people know about you or get right about well, you i want people to get right about me um through my work and my creative vision i want to make sure that they know that i have integrity i will continue to have integrity and in everything that i accomplish in my lifetime um when you are with me as a human being we are here as one and you're always gonna have a sense of like self 
when you're around me. Meaning, um, this is not about life. This is not about, we're, we're going to be creative together. And I really want to make sure that like everyone around me is, 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 is in a good like mind space, head space, creative space. Um, we're building a future together. Um, and we're just going to be in a, you know, create images to last for the next 50 years. And because I, when you when you look back at images, you're like, shit, this is timeless. What are those images back then that you still idolize? Like who are the like I'm talking 70s, 60s, 50s. Like, do you ever look back and go, yes, like those yeah, are the images? For sure. Yeah, who's who are Bianca those? Jagger, Bianca Jagger, like, you know, like um the 90s supermodels. Um why? Why the 90s got, supermodels? Because they were just uh, forced to reckon with. You know, they were like the most amazing, iconic human beings on the planet. Like Iman, um, Naomi Campbell, Linda Evangelista. Um, and then it was like the girls that were like, you know, um, Bianca Jagger. Like she was the girlfriend of like Nick Jagger or the wife. And like, those images, like she would ride, ride in on like a white horse to a club, like <laughs> with her fucking fashion and her outfits. And then Grace Jones. When I first worked with Grace Jones, I fucking oh, cried because I was like, "What was You're that a like?" Fucking icon. Yeah. I cried. I literally cried in in in, in the room because I was like, this is, "This is an iconic moment right now." And I work with the most iconic people, but like this moment right now and i started crying no way do you know who grace jones is of course mad max <laughs> she was wasn't she i was like i was just my my um my wife's celebrity crush right she's got this list and on that list for some reason is not obviously not me on that list even though i'm tall dark and handsome instead it's like <laughs> the exact it's the exact opposite I'm, I'm six foot one i'm six one I'm tall for an Indian. I'm a tall for an Indian person, but Dolph Lundgren. She loves Dolph Lundgren, right? She loves like Rocky Four. That's hilarious. Right. So she's got Idris Elba up there, and uh, Dolph Lundgren's on there. He's like, oh, he's so cute. The, the, she's from Western Ireland, so there's something about like that Scandinavian thing just I like turns that. on genes in her that where she's just genetically programmed to think that's like a, and he's you know good looking dude or whatever but he used to date grace jones he was like gonna go to mit and he dropped out or something because he was like grace jones's bodyguard wasn't she in mad yeah, max i don't remember but like grace jones was like the, the moment when i did dust magazine i was like holy shit you're like so amazing you're like a fucking legendary icon that yeah. people don't even know who you are. The Iman, that that woman's absolutely gorgeous. I, okay, Iman is another one. Like when I met her, she's like, darling, she sent me a list of products. And I was like, okay. And then like, I remember I was thinking about her 
And I was like, oh shit, I haven't sent Iman my list of products because we shot the cover of L together or Allure, whatever that magazine was. And I texted her. She texted me and she was like, darling, where's these list of products? And I was like, holy shit, Iman just texted me. <laughs> so you still get that? So, Do you still get that kind oh, of like absolutely starstruck? With like, of absolutely. Yeah. I don't get starstruck. I get more like giddy to the point where I'm like, wow, these are like fucking icons in the industry. And I'm so privy to be, you know, there with them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I got to touch your face. Wow. This is like... But see, I think you just see faces different. You know, like I was uh, talking to my friend Akko, he's an artist, and I can't draw. But you know when people say that they can't draw, it's usually just because they've never really tried or been trained to, right? You can learn, it's something you learn, like you have to you get better at, you have to try it, you have to work at it, which I just haven't put in the work. And Akko is saying, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, when I look at something, it's like I'm seeing like shadows and light. Like he's seeing stuff I'm not seeing, right? To me, I don't know, it's like a wall. It's like, it's like a family room for him he's like you see the walls are the same paint but because it's sunny on one side or the other like it looks different and that's why when i paint it looks real or it looks artistic it's like when you're you're not seeing those differences when you see a face like when you see someone's skin you see skin in a way probably that nobody like i don't see those things when I you do. see someone's face like what do you see like what are the things you're looking at like contours and shadows and textures dimensions dimensions i'm like okay i look at dimensions in the face and i've been studying like um art since i was a little kid like i would like my mom brought back um she went to europe and she brought back like you know books on the sistine chapel and like so i started um studied uh, michelangelo and like i just studied like art since i was a kid like even japanese art so like my whole shit comes from a different like mindset. Like I look at things. As art in depth, you know, so doing a face for me is like, okay, well, it's not, it's not a flat surface. It's a multi-dimensional surface. There's like things that are, and, 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 you know, to get into that, like, I, I, like, I've always studied, like, Japanese culture. So I've studied, like, you know, um, the Sistine Chapel. I've studied art, like, and then, then, and then it goes on to that, to, like, you know, studying directors and photographers, their vision. Like, People now don't understand what this is anymore. They don't understand like fine art, architectural structures. You know, there's like structures. It's crazy. Like I, I've, I've been studying shit since I was a little kid and that's what brought me to this, you know, level of success because like, I feel like, you know, people don't understand like the depth of culture, the way I have studied it. And that's what pisses me the fuck off with these like people right now. Like everyone's like all about their likes and all about their this and all about their that. I never, I never even thought about that. 
I didn't care about likes. I didn't care about any of these things until up until like three years ago. And I'm like, you're stupid. You're dumb. Like you're making me. You're annoying. I'm laughing only because. Yeah. It's funny, I see it on Clubhouse. I see it in the bio pictures. Uh, there's like whole rooms where people are talking about how to do better networking on Clubhouse. And they're talking about how to make their bio pictures look better. And they're getting all this advice. And I'm like, how important is this really? But is it that crazy to you though? I mean, cause you're coming from a place where that is important, right? So how do you, I mean, do you blame them for trying to achieve at some level a look like you are at a smaller scale? No, it makes me, it makes me very sad because I'm like, you know, there's a there's a bigger picture, and like the problem with the kids and this generation. I'm not gonna say the kids, but like the problem with this generation is that they're not studying great greatness anymore. They're studying this dumb shit that means nothing to the world, essentially. Because what is this gonna do for you? Is this gonna bring you money? Is it? It is. It is for some. It is for some, right? I mean, it's like the the quote unquote. No, you tell me. Well, the influencer generation, right? I mean, it's the people getting all the, like, brands are following people on Instagram, right? I mean, they they want to see. I mean, I don't know. What do you think about that? Because you you've transitioned from this. You started in this analog age, right? So did I with photography. Like I remember rolling film, like being in the dark room for ten hours at a time. And you didn't have any freaking preview on the camera, right? Like you had 24 shots and you had to make them count. And you know, you had to, you had to be there. It took patience to take photographs. It's like, there's kind of two schools of thought in, pho in photography, right? You take a thousand photos and you get the one that works. That's what you can do now. Cause you have a digital camera. But back in the day, that was like every single piece of film you had to go develop. Like that was hard to do that. So it was like, I felt, I feel like a lot more thought used to go into those photographs that I, that I used to take with film cameras, but you've, you've bridged that. Like you've bridged this, like we're in the Photoshop era now, right? Like what was that like just going from this analog to this point where, no, don't worry about it, Milo, like in post, we can just get it in the computer and fix it or whatever. I don't understand that. I don't, cause I'm always gonna be the person that's like the perfectionist. So I'm so confused with this era of bullshit. It's bullshit. The Photoshop bullshit. thing. Yeah, it's bullshit. You'd rather just get it in camera, like in live in the moment. I actually worked with a photographer recently and he was like, I'm shooting film. And I was like, huh? <laughs> That's cool. Was it fun? I was so confused. No, I was, I, I absolutely loved it. But I was like, what do you mean you're shooting film? Yeah. I was so, so confused. So how, how much do you do you like involve yourself because it's got to be part of your workflow now like you you must have to be in those rooms with like photoshop running right and and people and giving input or is that something you just avoid like the plague i avoid like the plague because i'm like i know I did, I did a great job and i don't have to like it's so weird these days like it's such a different generation of people within even only five years five years is a long time to like realize holy shit this is like fuck it's, it's a whole different thing i gotta ask you this because i'm asian so it's like 
Are there just markets or like people or events that you've wanted to do that you haven't had a chance to do yet? Like I come from the world of crazy, crazy Indian weddings, makeup and jewelry, right? Like not me personally, yeah. but my, my culture values that clearly. <laughs> you watch like that Netflix show, which like my wife is addicted to about Indian weddings or you watch any one of those crazy. I love, it. I love all those shows. Oh no, no. Are you serious? I love them. Like, I love Crazy Rich Asians. I love all those things because it really is. Um, I grew up in the Philippines. I went to boarding school in the Philippines. And, like, you know, I, I know my culture. And that's why, like, you know, I understand what it is to create fantasy. So Crazy Rich Asians was, like, a real thing. That's not, not funny. It's not. It's real. It's real. And... Indian culture, yeah, of course. I mean, like I'm Asian, so like I know that the shit is not—it's not fake. It's real. All of it is real, and um, you know, and and it, and it's the it's the normal culture. It's the normal people. We're not talking about big fantasy pop stars. They're looking at the big fantasy pop stars as like what I've created. I've helped create pop culture. This shit is funny as fuck. It's really funny. And I love it, actually. I love it. Do it you makes see me a, happy. Do you see I, a surge want, of... Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I, I literally... Um, I've been... I'm a foreign film buff. An Indian foreign films are one of my favorites really why yeah you're kidding it, i can't stand no, it well modern I indian films them. i can't stand why? i love them so much i don't know i just think that they're amazing they're like fun and funny and and like the dance sequences they're like fun and you know what yeah. i love about it i'm gonna mm. tell you why okay let me tell you why because i love our cultures I love that we base our lives around food, dance, and enjoying our lives, even through great, you know, circumstances. I think they they own it, don't they? Like Indian people kind of own it. Mm -hmm. They're like just, it's so on the nose. It's like over mm -hmm. the top, but it's like they just own it and they're not embarrassed about mm -hmm. being over the top. Yeah, it is I interesting. And it, like you're saying, it does strike a tone. I think the ridiculousness of it like overwhelms me. So I'm like, what? Why is there a dude flying over ten you? exploding cars or something? You know? But like, how old are you? I'm 41. Oh well, then you should love it. Yeah. See, I just can't. I can't. There's like that YouTube channel Corridor Crew, and they make fun of the VFX in the movies. I think that's funny. But I just can't. I was asked to be in a Bollywood music video once. Really? Uh huh. It was in Goa like years ago, and they were like taking people out of the crowd. So I'm like the tallest dude there, right? And um, you know, I was young, I was a young strapping lad, and uh, and Ew, gross, nasty. I can't believe you said that. No, I mean, I'm just, I was a good looking guy. I was kind of built, I was in med school at the time, and it was like a summer or something. We were, or, you know, sorry, New Year's. It was, uh, it was New Year's in Goa, and I was there, and they asked me, and I said, like, no. I should have said yes, looking at it. Should have it. done it, yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like, and, the, and everyone's like, no. And then the 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 woman who was being filmed got really kind of annoyed because I'd said no, because apparently no one says no. And um, no one says no. 
Yeah, no one says no. And I was like, no, it's gonna be, it's gonna be forever. Like right now, instead of talking about it, if I had said yes, I'd be showing it to you right now. Isn't that weird? I know that would be amazing. <laughs> be I, wish, I, I wish you did. We can still I do wish it. You did. We can still do, do it. it. No, we're going to go to, you know what, you know, after this pandemic, I think that the reason why we're all meeting each other is because we're going to like go back to our home countries and do, do some like really great shit. I really feel like. What, and that, that brings me to like, yeah, what is exciting you right now? Like, what do you want to do? I and mean, you mentioned some of the things about like kind of getting the old gang back together, or at least that way of working like intimately. What else is really exciting you right now? Nothing. I'm bored. And I'm going to tell you what's going to excite me in the next few weeks. I'll tell you. I don't have, um, once it's all said and done, you'll know. You're working on something? Lots of things. How's the masterclass stuff? Is that... We Part can't do masterclass hmm. right now. Yeah. I mean, I would love to do the masterclass. Yeah. That's part of the vision, but like, there's so much going on that I would love to share with you, but I can't really share, share it right now because obviously for obvious reasons, but this has been a great interview. Oh, thanks. Thank you. No, this is fun. I just, I just love hearing about these worlds that, you know, I probably will never, I'll never get the chance to, to live that life. Right. Um, but it's, it's cool just to, to get a glimpse, to get a snapshot of what it takes to achieve what you've achieved. What do you like? This is a hard question, right? But because I know that you're proud of lots of stuff, but what are you most proud of? Like, what's the work that when you look back, you're like, that was the most meaningful thing. There's so many, like, you know, at the end of the day, I've created some of the most iconic moments with pop stars. And I feel like that in itself is one of the greatest moments. There's not one, there's 10,000, you know? So, and being able to like be, be in a world with people I actually love to work with, create great greatness you know i mean how can you how can you not like say thank you to any of that correct i think it's amazing i think it's great i mean it's opened my eyes to this to this whole behind the scenes thing of what what it takes to create you know for me i see you know tlc right what do you or see? Rihanna. i Wait, see these people I just think it's impossible. I, I, when I, I like see my, I see what every like husbands, every guy sees, right? I see like, uh, like women, it's, it just seems insanely complicated. Like taking out a gallbladder is, looks like, looks like it's so much easier than creating a look with makeup on people. I, I mean, it's just like, there's a billion products. There's a, all these different techniques. It's like, what are you guys doing? Can I ask doing? you a question? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. What kind of doctor are you? I'm internal medicine. But I left practice, right? So I left practice to go do digital health and startups and trying to use technology to make, make medicine and not just medicine, but health better for people in different ways. So, you know, a lot of my, you know, colleagues are doing, you know, really doing well and doing really important work in the daily fight with disease. But I just think the future lies somewhere else. I think the, the future lies with keeping people well. Like we have epidemics 
of, of diseases that are just preventable. Most of them, not all of them are preventable, right? And I think you, you I, just- You and I need to partner up. Yeah, you discovered, I mean, you discovered that in yourself, right? You're talking about this kind of rich, crazy, yes. uh, you know, life, right? Like on the road, on the plane, you know, just trying to eat whatever you can get your hands on so you don't pass out under intense pressure and it's like it's it's not sustainable that's what you said right it wasn't sustainable it's not sustainable no so it's gonna and happen. i love this i love this i love this conversation i think you and i are gonna like do some great shit together I Let's do it. Do. well you're gonna promise to keep no. me in the loop here on what you're working on i'll let you know what we're working on um, but how can people, so you mentioned Instagram, so DMs, they can, where can they follow, they can follow your work on Instagram. Is there any other um, place that you're hosting things or they can find out about events or articles that you've written or, or doing anything? I want to make sure people get, can get exposure to what you're, what you're up to. I mean, like, obviously, like, for now, it's via Instagram, but like, definitely like, um, you know, We've been in, in the middle of a waiting game for a lot of things. And I want to make sure that moving forward, Ravi, that you know, I really want to like, <clears throat> I come from a family of doctors, you know? Do you know that? Yeah, you mentioned that before. So I want to go in the route of holistic medicine because I feel like we need to like tap into that so much, you know, like we really have to talk about that. Yeah. We've never been able to talk about it because like we're Asian and they're like, no, you got to take a Tylenol to make you feel better. We're not doing that anymore. We have really good data on this. So, I mean, I think for the longest time we were talking about wellness, a lot of woo woo BS in there too. That's kind of been woven into it. So it turns a lot of people off, but I can tell you like any doctor worth their salt, Actually, you don't even need doctors. Most people just intuitively know it, like how you eat and sleep, how you train your mindset, you know, and how you exercise makes more of a difference than any just lone pill that people can give you or any lone medical procedure, right? So um, I'm worried, right? I'm worried about there's this new drug that's a once a week injection for to lose weight. It works. It's been it's been it's been studied um, in in it works in conjunction with lifestyle change, right? with changing how you eat and exercise. Um, but I'm worried because I'm worried that I, I think I know what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen what? now is, well, of course, doctors are going to say to patients who come into the clinic and are struggling with obesity, right? And they're really struggling. I mean, they're good people. They're not, there's not, they're not morally deficit, right? They're not, they don't have character deficits. They're just struggling. It's a disease. Um, and doctors are going to go in their 15 minute visits. I'm, I'm worried that there's going to be a little lecture about behavior change, but really what's going to happen is, Hey, I need a prescription for this thing. So it's another prescription. Sweet. Yeah. Well, this has been super fun. I want to talk to you again at some point too. Once, once you start getting more, um, able to tell us like what you're working on. Uh, and so thanks for taking the time. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Abby.